Who's excited to be at Undivided tonight? Uh, but let's get into the word. And before, ooh, man, before we get into the word, I want to ask you guys if you have your phones, put them away. They're a distraction here at Undivided. We have a culture that we want to be attentive. We want to listen. Uh, we want to uh, just be receptive to the word. So if you are sitting next to somebody who you know is going to distract you, you have my permission. Punch him in the arm right now. Uh, not too hard, though. Not too hard, though. Put your phone on the ground or in your back pocket um, just so you can listen and uh, be attentive to the word that's going forth. That's what we do here at Undivided. Uh, so with that, let's pray. Jeez, I'm just messing up with this mic. I'll switch the handheld if I need to. Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your peace. And we pray, God, that you would just be with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're going through uh, a little bit of a one-off today. Um, camp. Who loved camp? Yeah. Camp was amazing, and um, we're going to be going through a little bit of a one-off today. So for those who don't know what a one-off is, it's just like an isolated message. And uh, one thing that I wanted to preach on, one thing I wanted to share about is um, coming out of camp. Also, we just had baptisms. Give it up for everybody who got baptized on Sunday. And I wanted to uh, intentionally share a message about what I typically see happen after camp and what I see after baptisms. You know, baptism is a time where everyone's celebrating, your family's here, uh, your peers are obviously here at Undivided. Uh, it's an amazing opportunity right here in this sanctuary to, to, to de publicly declare uh, your love for Jesus, your love for God, your, your, your desire to pursue after him, after camp. It's amazing, it's great, uh, but I wanted to preach a message that is gonna challenge us a little bit. As we're going into the school year, who here is totally dreading school and does not want to be at school? Who actually is excited about school? Who's ready to be done? Who's ready to be done with school? So as we go into the new school year, um, usually the beginning of the school year is met with a lot of stress. You got classes, you got teachers, you got all that kind of stuff. Um, and we're coming out of a summer where it's kind of easy for us to uh, follow God in a sense. Um, I mean that in, in the nicest way possible. It's kind of easy for us to, to follow God. It's easy for us to kind of uh, be here. We're here at Undivided. We have camp, which is a real boost into the fall. We have baptisms, which is a real boost into the fall. But then once we get into the day-to-day -day of school, we kind of have to do the work and we kind of have to lay down the groundwork. So I'm gonna be preaching a message pretty much about how we can't be on either side of the aisle. We are either in for Jesus or we're not. We're either seeking after Jesus or we're not. We're either on fire for Jesus or we're not. And all of you guys know that I don't typically name my messages, so I'm gonna call this one, Check What You Pack. Check What You Pack. So if you're taking notes, which I hope you are, if you have your Bibles, we're gonna be opening it up. The title of this message is Check What You Pack. So I wanna go into a little bit of an opening thought as I go into this message is you guys are going into the school year and uh, a lot of things that used to work in the past didn't work before. Uh, Talyn and I typically are in meetings with Pastor Taylor and Pastor Steve, and uh, one of the hearts that Talyn and I have for Undivided is that we really wanna try things that are new. We wanna do things that are new. We wanna try things that uh, typically haven't happened at Undivided uh, really ever when it comes to camp, when it comes to normal UD Wednesdays. We just wanna try stuff that's new. So I'm pretty much in this place where the things that used to work 
probably don't work well anymore. The things that used to work uh, don't work well anymore. And I feel like everyone is, is really understanding to what is going on in our world right now. I mean, we're coming up on 2024, which is an election week. I'm not gonna get big into politics, but we all know and we see on social media, the world is crazy. The world is crazy. And uh, if we are to be people who are in the world, but not of it, we need to understand that we need to be different from the world. Um, one thing that I didn't really understand too much when I first came to Christ is when you come to Christ, uh, we were just saying it actually in Uncomplicated that God loves us where we are, who we are, where we are currently in him. But the thing that we need to understand about God is that he loves us where we are, but he doesn't desire for us to stay there. Uh, he loves us where we are as we come to him. Uh, even if we're broken, we're unsure, uh, we have a mustard seed of faith. Uh, God loves us where we are, but he desires for us to grow more in who he is. The same way that a father or a mother would pass down uh, thoughts and habits and uh, life philosophies to their children, the same way that God wants to us be more like him. God wants us to be like him. And to understand that, we need to understand that there's a way of the world there's a way of God. There's a way that we are meant to live in right communion, right standing with the Lord, and there's a way that is opposite from God that is not with right standing with him. And any good parent is gonna know and is gonna show their kids, I want you to follow my example. I want you to follow my example. And if anybody here is in this room, has their ears open, God wants you to follow his example. Uh, all of you guys are with friends who don't follow Jesus. And the thing is that we are a average of the people that we spend the most time with. I wanna ask you guys a question before I get into it. Who are you spending the most time with and are they bringing you closer to Jesus? Who do you spend the most time with and do they bring you closer to Jesus? And one thing I wanna encourage you guys with is have friends that are not Christian. I have a bunch of friends who are not Christian who don't follow the Lord, especially when I was in high school. I had a lot of friends who... Uh, actually were atheists who were different religions who just were at Kentwood. They would walk the halls with me, had classes with them. I was still friends with them. Um, and it's good to be the light of the world to people who do not know Jesus, but it's also similarly important that you have friends that love Jesus and are pouring into you to be more like him. Friends who you're reading the Bible with, friends who are praying for you, friends who you're worshiping God with, friends who you're talking about and wrestling with the things of God with. It's important that you have godly friends. I wanna ask you guys a question. Do you have godly friends that pour into you? And if not, I encourage you guys to find some. But we're gonna go into Revelation 3, 15 through 17, and we're just gonna get right into the meat of this message. It's Revelation 3, 15 through 17. Uh, when you flip there, uh, just give me a shout. It's in the New Living Translation. And it reads like this. I know all things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. This is Jesus, and he's speaking in a way that is in a, it's in a, an illustration to help us understand something. He's talking about lukewarm water. So for those who obviously don't know, I'm an old man. I like tea, all right? I like to drink tea. Um, I don't drink coffee. Coffee's disgusting. Talyn likes coffee. I hate coffee. Coffee's really nasty. Uh, but I like tea. And the thing is, you can either have tea at two different temperatures. You can either have it very hot or you can have it very cold. This isn't rocket science. You guys all understand this. But the worst thing is lukewarm tea. I cannot stand lukewarm 
tea. It's disgusting for anybody who likes that limp, that Lipton, uh, like like sweet tea, iced tea. That stuff's delicious. It's great. You heat it up either really, really warm or you chill it and you make it cool. That is how you should enjoy tea. If you like lukewarm tea, we're going to pray for you after service uh, <laughs> because that's just weird. But anybody who understands, we don't like lukewarm. You either want things to be hot or you guys, you want things to be cold. Uh, the way that Jesus is expressing this is in the same way as believers. Uh, but there's kind of a misconception about this verse. A lot of people think that it means Jesus is asking us to either be for him or to not be for him. And Jesus actually isn't saying that. He's only saying, I want you to be one way, hot or cold on any side of the spectrum, but he doesn't want us to be in the middle. He doesn't want us to be going back and forth. And what I see very consistently is that we have a, a charge after camp and we feel really good and we have this amazing moment of, um, of, of growing and, and crying at the altar and, and growing in these moments and, and it's genuine and it's beautiful and we even get baptized afterward, but then we kind of fall back into our old Ways. The thing is that God has grace for us, but he also wants us to be more like him and to pursue him in what we do. And this isn't typically in our struggles of sin, but it's in our habits that we do daily. God doesn't want us to be people who go back and forth. He doesn't want us to be people who go in and out. One, one day, one week I'm for Jesus, and the other week um, I don't really want anything to do with Jesus. I'm, I'm here with God at the altar. And I'm here with God when I worship and I love God when I worship and when I'm at UD and when it's easy for me to grow. But when it comes to actually living out life as a Christian with the people who don't know God, uh, don't ask me to, to do any of those things. God wants us to be hot or cold. He doesn't want us to be in the middle. I wanna ask you guys a question. Are you in the middle a bit? Are you kind of going back and forth a bit? When you're with God, when you're at UD, when you're in church, it's very easy to read the Bible, pray, to worship, but what happens when you go outside these walls? What happens when you go outside of UD? One of the first things that Pastor Taylor kind of talked about when I was a student here, when I was a sophomore in 2017, that's when I first started coming to Undivided, he always would say, what are you doing to bring Jesus out there? Uh, I, some of you guys know my story, I've kind of shared it a bit. I have a family who is not currently going to church um, and I pray for them every day. I'm actually seeing a little bit of fruit with my mom. Uh, currently, she actually is desiring to read the Bible a bit. I was not expecting applause for that, but thank you so much. Uh, yeah, I, um, she's actually kind of desiring to read the Bible a little bit. She's, she's uh, like starting to uh, listen to the worship songs that I send her. Uh, I always tell my mom, I love you, mom. I'm praying for you. Um, I live in a household where the people in it who do not follow God. Um, that does not take away my faith. That does not harm my faith. But it's something that I, I struggle with. It's something that I deal with. Um, and the thing is, I can either allow uh, the lack of Jesus in the people around me to affect my faith, or I can elevate above it. Um, you guys are walking with people who do not know Christ. And what is so easy for us to do is we allow the influences of the people around us to affect our light and dim it. We allow our light to be dimmed. And the Bible actually talks about it's a parable where Jesus says, if someone lights a lamp and they put it on a lampshade, they're not gonna put a bowl or a cover over it. That means that when you go out to your schools, when you go out to Kentwood, when you go out to uh, Kent Lake and KM and Tahoma and Cedar Heights and all of your different schools, that doesn't mean that you're meant to cover the light of Jesus. It's meant to be a light that shines for everyone to see. 
for everyone to see, for everyone to know who God is, it's not always by reciting verses and by praying for everyone, but how do you act? How do you walk? How do you speak? How do you talk about people when they leave the room? How do you love people when it's hard to love them? How do you engage with people who have a different opinion? How do you love people who are on the other side politically? How do you love people who hate the God that you love? We need to understand that when it comes to knowing Christ, it's not about our feelings, it's about making him known to people around us. It's about making him known to people around us. And the thing that kind of holds us back is we kind of have a little bit of pride about it. We have a little bit of pride. We think that just because we know Christ, it's, we have all these things. It's like, no, when we know God, our only mission, our great commission is bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the friends at your school who do not know him. And there's different ways that you can do that. You can share a verse, you can pray, but what is most compelling and what people will see the most is how you live your life. And what I want to compel you guys with is that sometimes we can be Christians who praise God in church, but then we curse him elsewhere. We can be people who love and shout the name of God, but when it comes to unforgiving people, we're very unforgiving. When it comes to loving people, we're very unloving. When it comes to being kind to people, we're very unkind. When it comes to being who Jesus is, we say, oh, we're Jesus when we're worshiping at an altar, but we're not Jesus when we're out there and when people need us to be Jesus the most. The Bible talks about how our true and honest worship is that we are like Christ. A question that I wanna ask you guys, are you like Christ only here or are you like Christ with the person at your school who you don't like? Are you like Christ with the person who you are at odds with? Are you like Christ with the person who you know you don't like, who you uh, have unforgiveness towards? Let's be honest. I mean, some of us in this place might genuinely hate somebody. Bible talks about how uh, we forgive others because Christ first forgave us. Now, the thing is, I'm not going to put this blanket over us and then not say that I wasn't a person that always, that didn't struggle with unforgiveness. For those who don't know my story, I have a stepfather, his name's Jason, I love him very much. I'm praying for him currently to come to the Lord. When he first stepped into my life, I hated him very, very much. And I struggled with a lot of unforgiveness for years and years and years and years and years. And when I came to Christ, one of the biggest things that he showed me is, you know that unforgiveness that you have towards your stepdad? Yeah, you need to let that go. Yeah, you know that hatred that you have towards your stepdad? You need to let that go. And the thing that I wanna uh, challenge us with is that we can't look at another person and hate them because the person that you hate and the person that you do not like, Christ died for them. Christ died for them. So if we believe that the atoning work of Jesus Christ is for us and it's not for the other person that we're hate, we're sorely mistaken. And I kind of think about this thought, it's kind of a funny thought, but um, obviously when we, co- when we go to, he- when we leave this earth, we are gonna be with God in heaven. And I kind of always have this thought, it's kind of a funny thought, but it's like, if you are at odds with somebody right now on earth, you know you're gonna like be in heaven with them forever, right? So you should kind of like, you kind of like, you know, like you're, you're stuck with them in heaven forever. So you should kind of, you know, uh, forgive them now uh, because the uh, Bible says that if you don't forgive others, God's not gonna forgive you. Um, if you don't forgive others, God's not gonna forgive you. So uh, whatever unforgiveness, uh, unrepented bitterness, hatred, anger, frustration that you have towards someone, I would declare and I would challenge you, let it go because the same cross that D- Jesus died on for you 
He died for the person that you are at odds with. We can't be people who've praised God at an altar, but then curse people behind their back. We can't be people who, who spread the word of God and we love people and we, and, and we, we love God and we preach and we, and we praise and we worship from the stage and, we, and we're great at UD, but when it comes to loving somebody who's hard to love, we are very unloving. We love Jesus because he has showed his faithfulness to us. And the thing that I love about Jesus is that he gives us a clear picture of how we should love people. He says, love people as you love yourself. Everyone say yourself. Everyone say yourself. Bible says, Jesus says, don't love anyone just earnestly, even though there's parts in the Bible where he does say that. He says, love people as yourself. So if you care for yourself, if you give yourself what you need, you need to be loving people the same way. I'm gonna go over to Revelation 3, 19 through 21. Revelation 3, 19 through 21. It says, I correct and discipline everyone I love, so be diligent and turn from your indifference. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my father. I got a few points when it comes to this verse. The first point is God corrects whom he loves. God corrects whom he loves. We understand and we hear it in church all the time. It's in every worship song that we sing that God is love. God is love, absolutely. But God is also holy. God is holy and he's righteous. When it means holy and righteous, I mean that God has a standard for how he wants us to live. And that means that if we go outside of that standard, he has the authority as being the God of all creation to correct us and tell us when we are wrong. God has the authority to tell you when you're wrong. He has the ability and the authority to tell me when I'm wrong. God co corrects whom he loves. And it, it's gonna lead me to the second thought is God is not an absent parent. God is not an absent parent. You guys have all seen, uh, you know, the, the kids or just people at your school who unfortunately have situations at home where their mom or their dad or they don't really have much of a guardian figure who is showing them what to do and what not to do. And typically what happens with those people is they are very off the rails and they do whatever they want and they don't have any restraint and they kind of just do whatever they want. That's unfortunately, and I'm not uh, casting any sort of uh, downplaying that because that's, that's a hard situation to be in, but it's typically because a parent is absent and they don't uh, assert their authority that they should. Uh, one of the things that I am on fire for is that when I have children, I'm going to be an absent dad. Uh, I come from a background where my dad was a little bit in and out. He was kind of here one moment. He was kind of gone the other moment. But when I have kids, I'm going to be there in their lives 100%. I'm never leaving. And the thing that I love about God is that God is a God. He is a father who is continuously present. God is not absent and he will not let his children go astray. If you are sinning and if you are doing anything apart from God's law, he will correct you and bring you back to him. He's not absent-minded. He knows every thought you will think. He knows everything you will say. He knows everything you will do. He knows your desires. He knows what you typically want to do. He knows the people that you like. He knows the people that you don't like. He loves what you hate. He, he knows everything about you. He knows every thought in your head. He knows every hair on your head. He knows everything that you will do, that you have done, what you are currently thinking. He knows you intimately. And the thing that I love about God is that he knows you 
he's not gonna stray away from you when you stray away from him. Last point is God will keep knocking. God will keep knocking. And some of us in this room, God's been knocking for a very long time and our hearts have been hardened and our ears have been shut and the things that we've wanted to express to God, we don't. And the thing is, God is always knocking that if you would come to me, I would give you rest. If you would come to me, I would be the source of your healing. That if you would come to me, that I would give you a reason, that I would give you a name, that I would give you salvation. And Jesus is gonna keep knocking. To your last breath, Jesus is gonna keep knocking. But the thing is, God has given us the free will to answer. God has given you the free will to answer the call or not. One of the things that we don't think about with Jesus is that he gives us free will to choose. We can either reject or we can choose him. And the thing is, when it comes to rejecting and choosing, God understands what we need. And he will either give you a very clear sign or he will just be patient and let you come to him. We always hear it a lot from different pastors. God is a gentleman. He won't force you to come to him, but he's gonna give you a lot of compelling reasons. One being uh, eternal life and, and uh, pardon from, from punishment. That's a pretty big reason. But God gave everything so that he would be the atoning sacrifice for you. One of the things that we talk about in church a lot is that if you are hurting, if you are struggling, if you are in a, in a bad situation, should come to Christ. Uh, for those who don't know, Pastor Taylor spoke a message, I think it was about, it's like six months ago. It was, it was around two different people that he was talking to. One person thought they were at the lowest point of their life. Um, they just wanted to, they just wanted to die. They just, they didn't feel any reason to go on. Um, and he said, I don't wanna do this anymore. Now that person needed Christ in that moment. Everyone needs Christ. But I think one thing that we kind of tend to, to think is that we only need Christ when things are bad. We only need Christ when things are bad. But the thing is we need Christ even when things are really good. Um, it's funny, I was actually in a meeting with Pastor Taylor and he kind of talked about Pastor Tina. We all know Pastor Tina and Pastor Steve. Um, they've been married for years, but they have two very different stories of how they came to Christ. Pastor Tina came from a really, really nice family and Pastor Steve came from a very dysfunctional family. Pastor Tina had to understand that her good family was not enough to save her. Pastor Steve had to understand that even with his bad family, he was able to be saved by Jesus. One thing we need to understand that even if you are in the lowest point of your life or whether you think God is, uh, life is good, I don't really need Jesus, everyone needs a savior. But the thing is we can go through life and we can come to Jesus thinking that we can bring whatever we want into our relationship with God. And I know you guys have probably been wondering, why the heck has Malachi been wearing that backpack this whole time? I'm gonna show you. So I randomly had this thought. It's funny, you guys are all making fun of Talyn for the, um, the uh, cake thing, for the transition. Funny, where's Hank? That was hilarious, dude. <laughs> that was so good. But I had a thought, you guys all know TSA. Hate TSA, sorry. TSA is great. I just don't like them. I just, who, I strongly, who strongly dislikes TSA in the airport? They're so mean. I mean, granted, like have patience for the TSA workers. They do what they can. But um, 
I kind of have this thought in this illustration is like we have this backpack. I want to tell you guys a little story. It's a quick 30-second story. I was coming back from Washington, from L.A., and um, I packed. I can't. I was so tired. I packed. I still can't believe I did this. I packed like a full-size shampoo bottle. <laughs> like, um, bro, it was so stupid. I literally had like, I'm not a. I'm not gonna do anything bad. I had like a pocket knife in there. I had like full size shampoo, a pocket knife. I was so tired. I was just, I was just dumping stuff in the bag. And I thought I was gonna get through TSA with a full size shampoo and a pocket knife and like shampoo. Like it's just stupid. You can't, you can't bring that stuff on the plane. Or they're gonna. I'm surprised nobody tackled me and arrested me. It was bad. I looked like I was gonna like do something bad. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna do that though. I don't know, Xander. It was, it was, it was, it was not, it was, it was, you get, hey, if you want to talk to me afterward, I, I don't know. It, it was a bad idea. It was a really bad idea. But a lot of us think that we can kind of go through a relationship with Jesus and kind of bring whatever we want into it. Um, a lot of us think that, and I got, I got a few things. I got this laptop. You can't bring that. You gotta, you gotta be able to check all these kind of things. And there will be things that you can bring out to the plane. You just have to check them first. You have to take them out. And what this can represent is our life. We, we come to Christ and we say, okay, Jesus, I wanna follow you. But we think that we can just bring whatever we want into this relationship without God checking it first. God has to check it first. But a lot of us think I can come to Christ, but I don't wanna check my unforgiveness. I wanna come to Christ, but I don't wanna check my lack of, of, of faith. I want, to, um, I want to come to Christ, but I don't want to lay down this addiction. I want to come to Christ, but I don't want to check this heart uh, that I have. And I, I want to come to Christ, but I don't want to check this. And we have a lot of things in this, in this bag that you can't bring this onto a plane. You can't bring this into our relationship with God. But a lot of us think that we can come to Christ and we can still be unforgiving. I can love God, but I don't, don't ask me to forgive anybody because I just wanna act like I love Jesus, but I don't wanna love my neighbor. I wanna act like Jesus, but I wanna be how I wanna be. Don't ask me to change. Don't ask me to be different. Don't ask me to take anything out. Don't ask me to rearrange. I just wanna go onto this plane with whatever I want. Don't ask me to take anything out. Don't ask me to check anything. I just wanna be a Christian in my feelings, but I still wanna act the same, do the same things, go to the same parties, sleep with whoever I want, do whatever I want. I wanna do whatever I want, but I still wanna be comforted in the fact that I think I'm a Christian. And the thing is that if we come to Christ, there's things that you have to take out of your life, you need to check them. And you need to lay them down. And you can't go onto the plane with this stuff. You can't go onto the plane with this foot. This foot, you can't go onto the plane with this foot. If you bring this to TSA, they're gonna be like, why are you doing but there's things that you cannot go on to the plane with. You need to check. So I wanna, if you guys can stand with me as we get ready to close out, is what do you think you can still walk with Jesus with and not have him check what's in your back? Do you think you can still come to Christ and love Christ, but you have a hard time checking your unforgiveness? You don't wanna check a sibling who you're at odds with, a friend or a person who you're, who you're angry with, who you're upset with. 
if we are to be Christ followers, that means that we need to look at the person who we are at odds with and we need to forgive them. We need to show forgiveness to them because the biggest thing that will choke out any semblance of the gospel being spread is the things that we hold against people. We can't be people who hold things against people. If Christ forgave us, we must be people who forgive others. And if we love Christ, we can't just bring all of our garbage onto the plane thinking that God's just gonna let us through. No, God's gonna ask you to check some things. God's gonna ask you to, you can't bring that onto the plane. You need to take that out. You need to check this, you need to put this away, you need to throw it away because where we're going, it doesn't mean that you need to bring all this stuff. You need to get the garbage out and you need to seek Jesus for who he really is. You need to seek after Jesus. If there's unforgiveness, take it out of the bag. If there's odds that you're at with somebody, take it out of the bag. If there's a struggle that you have, take it out of the bag. If you're constantly angry, take it out of the bag. If you're lazy, take it out of the bag. If you're struggling with this, take it out of the bag. You can no longer be people, we can no longer be people who think we can just do whatever we want under the confines of Jesus and think it's gonna be okay. We need to take things out of the bag and we need to check it. So I want us to close our eyes and I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna pray for all of us that if, there's, if there is someone in this room who we are at odds with, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would forgive them. If there's someone at home, us, a parent, a sibling, a friend, uh, who you're at odds with, somebody, a, 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 a struggle with anger, a struggle with laziness, a struggle with some sort of sin. Lord Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Father God, that you would help every person in this room to not feel like they, they, have, they can just bring whatever they want onto the plane and it's gonna be okay. No, you're gonna ask us to take things out of the bag. You're gonna ask us to check things. You're gonna ask us to look at things. You're gonna ask us to throw things away that have been holding us back, Father God. But the thing that we love about you, Jesus, is that you're gracious and you're good. So Father God, whatever we're feeling, whatever we're coming into today with, God, as we leave this place, help us to go to that person and to patch things up. Help us to go to that person and show forgiveness. Help us to, to address this anger that we have, this frustration, this bitterness at the world, these things that are with us. Help us to lay those things down. Let's not go back and forth. Let's not be lukewarm. Let's be on fire for you because there is a world that needs the gospel of Christ. There is a world that needs Jesus. There are people in your schools who need Jesus and there is no time for us to be unforgiving. We need to be forgiving Christ-like people who have the fire of the gospel to go to the people who are hurting in our schools, the people who are hurting in Kentwood and Tahoma and Kent Lake and Cedar Heights and Matson, and we need to show them the God that we know. So Father God, as we go from out UD, as we get in our cars, as we get in our parents' cars, as we go home, as we lay our heads on our pillows, God, help us to be people who do not hold grudges, but people who are gracious and forgiving because that is what you showed to all the world when you died on that cross for us, God. Help us to be more like you as we go out. And everybody said, amen, amen.